0: Remind me if you'll, if you'll be so kind. Staring out into space, asking God to hear my case. Trying to think of
1: hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. This is your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. For those of you that are new to our show, I'm just going to do a little housekeeping and tell you who we are and why we're here. Um, bottom line, my mom had dementia for 30 years. She started at my age in her mid-50s, showing symptoms, and lived to the age of 86. And so I switched careers and decided to try to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. So Here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we're an advocacy-based company that provides multiple platforms um, to try to do just that. We believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations like we do on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help people who are living with the disease or dealing with the disease live better lives and to continue to live with purpose. And we know um, at our core that the only way we are going to be able to win this battle is um, joining forces and being collaborative. And for your work, um, I have to thank you. You see all of your likes, your clicks, and your shares with your social media. If it was your Um, Twitter tribes, your Facebook friends, your Pinterest peeps, your LinkedIn colleagues. Um, It really um, helped raise our profile here at Alzheimer Speaks. And so again, I thank you for that because we were um, recognized as the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And for those of you who aren't familiar with ShareCare, it's like the world's largest health and wellness company. And, um, one of the things that I think is so important about all of us joining together to you know spread knowledge is that there are so many people in our spheres of influence that are dealing with dementia who we don't even know because they're not comfortable talking about it yet, or maybe they're not diagnosed and uh but they're they're anxious for information, but yet if they grab out for it, um, that kind of confirms it, and a lot of people you know they have to kind of swim in that pool of denial a little bit. But the more information we can have um, ready for them, when they're ready to reach out, um, the better we're going to be able to support those parties. So I would encourage you to continue to share. And again, I just want to thank you so much for doing so. The other thing I wanted to mention is people always ask um, how the heck do you pick your guests? And um, one of the things when I started this show, I was really adamant about raising all voices. So Um, There really isn't anybody who's off limits. Um, We have guests who have dementia. Uh, Some of those people even are co hosts with me here on the show. Um, We also have family members uh, telling their stories and how the disease has impacted their lives. We have professionals in a lot of different realms. We've had researchers on, we've had authors and movie directors and singers, um, advocates. So, you know, if you think you've got a story, a product or a tool, uh, that people need to know about, uh, please give me, um, you know, contact me, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There's a big contact button and reach out to me. And if it's appropriate for dementia and caregiving, uh, you know, we'll probably set something up because again, I think it's important for people to be empowered, to be able to make choices. Now, today we're going to be talking about aging in place um, and and talking about different services and tools. And our guest is Paul Mirenblum, who is the founder of Concordia Systems in Baltimore, uh, Maryland. Paul was a former Wall Street analyst, and he changed his careers to take care of his 95-year-old grandmother after she collapsed following a medication error. Uh, Concordia is focused on health and wellness for people in the U.S. that are aging in place, and they provide services and tools to connect seniors, their families, uh, care partners, and medical professionals. So, welcome today, Paul.
2: Thank you, Abby.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm glad I'm glad that you were able to join us today. Um, can you can you tell us with your with your grandmother? Did she have? Any dementia or was it just kind of age and medication, uh, you know, when this medication error that occurred that was life-changing for you?
2: We were fortunate that she didn't actually experience dementia clinically. We did experience dementia symptoms and behaviors as a result of urinary tract infection.
1: Okay. And
2: at first blush, you couldn't tell the difference between the two until the doctors got into the lab and said, "Let's take a look at this."
1: Yeah, I remember when my mom had had a urinary tract infection too, and I thought for sure she was overdosed. I mean, I thought she was going to die before my eyes. And they're like, "Oh no, she just has a UTI." I bet. And I'm like, "There's no way that's a UTI." Her, head, her eyes <laughs> were rolling back in her head, and I mean, she couldn't hold her neck up. And I, I just, I really thought she was going to die in in seconds. And um, lo and behold, it was a it was a UTI. So that that is a real important thing to know um, to to be able to look into and and uh, get taken care of. Um, so what led you to really create um, Concordia? And I mean, talk about you know changing perspectives, career wise, from Wall Street analyst, you know, to now into this aging in place community. Um, what really pushed you over the edge?
2: Uh, I I think the one word is actually love. Mm -hmm. When you care about someone who has been so important to you in your life, losing them, whether it's physically losing them or watching them slip away for whatever reason, is is the most difficult thing in the world to stand by and watch. And I'm not one to sit back and watch. Uh, When my grandmother was 95, she decided it was time to retire. She had worked long enough. She was an emigrant to the United States, and she and my grandfather started by selling used tires, and she just kept on going. Mm-hmm. About the same time, she presented with a little bit of a edema, which is pretty common. It's a little bit of swelling that happens around the ankles, and you know, usually it's just a sign that your blood pressure is a little bit high, and maybe your body's not getting rid of fluid the way it used to, and it's relatively easy to diagnose and to treat. Unfortunately, there was a medication error that, that happened in connection with that. And when she took the medication at 6 a.m., rather than lowering it a little bit and lowering her blood pressure a little bit and getting rid of the extra fluid, it lowered it too much and she actually dropped to the floor where she lay for two hours with a broken leg and hip and a few other body parts. What was remarkable, though, was she was unwilling to push that help I've fallen button that my mother had pestered her to get. (laughs) She had it on her her wrist and, and we did look for altered mental state and no, there was none. She simply didn't want to bother anybody. And instead said, you know, I'm just going to kind of hang out here. I don't want to bother anybody. Maybe I'll go back to bed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We were very fortunate. She was found. Treatment was, was you know, assistance was, was rendered. Mm-hmm. And we had a happy ending. But for so many people, that's not the case. And when she came home, then the question was, well, what are you going to do next?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What, we, what we had at the same time was her sister living with us, or with her rather. And her sister actually was starting to show memory loss. And so it was, we used to joke that the two sisters had become the Bickersons. Mm-hmm. Uh, each was trying to take care of the other, and neither one of them wanted to be taken care of. <laughs> and then the, question, then the question was, well, what do you do? How do you figure out when someone needs the independence, whether when they need some additional assistance? Where's that balance? Because staying independent is vital to, you know, to their own living and living well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's the risk of, well, I'm starting to slip. Maybe it's because I didn't eat. Maybe it's because I've got the beginning stages of dementia. Whatever it is, the family is on the outside. And so we needed a tool set that would help us stay in touch, not invade their privacy, not invade my grandmother's privacy, and and give everybody that sort of balance between here's where we need to step in and here's where they're okay on their own. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Now, you have... um... You know, Concordia um, Systems is as, as one company, but you also have um, a division called Cent- Centennial Services, um, well, if I'm Sentinel not mistaken.
2: Care is oh, Sentinel, right. I'm sorry. Sentinel Care, no worries. Mm-hmm. Sentinel Care is the flagship offering, um, and we took that name very specifically because it's Sentinel meaning looking out. And care is pretty self-evident. We we kind of view the system and the, and the mechanisms as an, as a sentry, keeping a watch for those when we don't necessarily want to be there. Concordia was chosen as a name because of what it means. It's about harmony and bringing people together, bringing resources together to live well. Um, our view is that with the Sentinel Care Suite, which involves three different sets of offerings, Family members, whether they are local or distant from a loved one, can keep in touch without being invasive, without being bothersome. Mm -hmm. And so the care side uses motion sensors, like what you might be familiar with in an alarm system, to keep an eye on what's happening around the home, and more specifically, when activity stops unexpectedly, God forbid there's a cardiac event or a stroke and the the kinds of things that are so common to us, especially as, as our loved ones age. The Sentinel Care System is able to identify the change in behavior and notify family members and caregivers so that they can check in, and if assistance is needed, either render the assistance or facilitate it. The call service was built to be a support tool, Uh, initially for people who were a little bit crusty maybe, saying, I'm doing just fine, you can leave me alone now, And, and then those who were perhaps not doing quite as fine and really did need the support, but again, it was a matter of respecting their respect and supporting their independence with a little bit of a call that says, hey, how you doing this morning? Or can you tell me what you had for lunch? Or did you take your meds? The kinds of things that if a family member asks, the older person is apt to get frustrated and even perhaps angry because their independence may be challenged or that's their perception. But when we render it to a mechanized process, one that's convenient and, and accessible through a telephone, it's sort of like an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. It goes off, it buzzes, it wakes you up. You get irritated for a minute, but then you start your day and you keep going. And in turn, the family members are are engaging. They're able to talk about the things that are warm and comfortable and loving, and they're still getting the information, and it's a win-win solution.
1: Okay. Now, do these services differ for people who have um, some form of dementia?
2: They do. When we look at these sensor services, when we when we work with folks who – are supporting those who have dementia. They're more concerned, many of the, the, the caregivers are more concerned of was there action, was there activity or unexpected activity, uh, especially around a home. For example, we'll put a glass break detector in the kitchen. Not so much we're worried about somebody breaking in, but we are concerned that a, a Pyrex plate can fall and, and create an injury situation or a glass will fall and put the person at risk. And they won't even remember that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't even notice it. So, it was designed on that side to be a balance for the caregivers who need a break during the day, during the early stages and early phases of, of memory care issues, where the, the person who's affected is still able to operate largely independently for periods of time. One of the folks we worked with described it as having a, an, an adult toddler. You know, you can leave them alone for a little while, but you still kind of have to keep an eye on them or, or a youngster who's maybe, a, you know, at that early school age where you give them a little more time but you still want to make sure that the house isn't on fire when you get home. The second piece of the equation for us was the call offering. And, and this was inspired by one lady who was so so sweet. She said, my husband is a wonderful guy. He just forgets to eat. Can you help? And the answer was sure. And we set it up so that it would call him and say, Hey, Stan, did you have lunch today? And he'd either say yes or no, but we'd go even further and say, what did you have for lunch? And then Sylvia would get the information available to her on a phone, and she could read the transcript of what Stan had shared with her. Or shared with us. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there was still the question of was he really telling us what happened, or what he told us? Was he telling us what his recollection was? And we know that with memory impairment, sometimes that's a fine line. Mm But it was certainly a resource that allowed her some independence, allowed the family members and other caregivers with other folks we've worked with to be able to not only get the information, but to be able to build a record in a very convenient and unobtrusive fashion. And so our goal was to provide a tool that can help maintain independence as long as possible and frankly, give some of the family members a break when we can.
1: Okay. And is this tool, I mean, can people use this long distance too, or do they have to be in a certain radius?
2: The call offering is available coast to coast, and it's it, it's telephone based. So it really doesn't matter where anybody is. Uh, it's available through the website. You sign up and you know acquire it yourself. It's rather inexpensive. We set it up to be accessible to folks at twenty four ninety five a month. So mm-hmm. it's a low price point that gives you a daily touch point or two, depending on how you allocate the time. Seven days a week, you know, thirty days a month or thirty one days a month that that are there, and it can be used to check on activities of daily living. It can be used to remind people of medication. It can be used to make an inquiry about, a blood, about blood pressure or if the older person or the person in question is perhaps diabetic to ask what their, what their glucose levels are so that that information can be captured and, and shared with the family members and caregivers. And, and that takes all of about 15 minutes to get online, get set up, and get going. Uh, the sensor-based solution's a little more involved. We work with partners there, folks like ADT, and protection one and other local and regional alarm services providers, because those are the boots on the ground. Those are the folks who know how to install and configure these systems. And it provides the added benefit of protection, each the panic button and sort of that classic sense of help I've fallen or I've got an emergency situation and I want someone or need someone to respond right away. But also it provides the added measure of security and peace of mind with fire and smoke detection. Uh, which sounds kind of crazy, but we've seen a number of instances where people were making their lunches and weren't paying attention, and there was a piece of paper towel there or someone was actually cooking with oil, making some fish one day, and didn't realize the oil was flammable. And the next thing they knew, half the kitchen was on fire, and then panic set in. Mm -hmm. So by teaming up with these partner organizations, they provide the core technology, do the installation and the support. It usually runs about $40 a month or so on their side. Our service on that side is about forty-five dollars a month, and the equipment starts at a uh, probably about six hundred dollars, and, and it goes up based on the size of the residence they're in. So each piece operates independently, and the two operate as a complement to one another as well.
1: Okay, wonderful. Now, does um does Medicare cover any of this, or you know, is there any tricks to offset family costs for equipment? On
2: the on the call side of the equation, Medicare will cover the pro- will cover uh, almost the entirety of the fee, but for a copay, we're told, through a program called CCM or Chronic Care Management or Chronic Condition Management, depending on who you're asking. The CCM program provides skilled nursing support uh, on a seven by 24 basis to support these calls and checking in and getting the ADLs and getting the values attached to a care plan And again, all that's needed there is a telephone. On the care portion, that's the the sensor monitoring, we have not yet um, confirmed this, but we understand that there are some conditions where, as part of the CCM, uh, the the equipment involved may be classified as durable medical equipment. Uh, There are also waiver programs in various states that definitely do do that. Uh, those are technology waivers that have to be looked at state by state. But I know that actually Minnesota is one of the ones that has a waiver program and Maryland has a waiver program. Uh, I don't know much more than than that about how to get into the programs or what they cover. But mm-hmm. we do know that these programs are available to support folks who want to stay independent and need a little extra keeping an eye on.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's great to know. Um, How do people get more information about the the Medicare or the CCM programs to to be able to find service partners? What would you recommend they do?
2: The the easiest thing is come to our website, which is www.sentinelaware, S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L, aware, A-W-A-R-E.com. Go on the bottom of the first page. There's a comment form section. Just simply put your contact number and name information contact name and number information in there and we'll reach back out to you and find a partner in your area.
1: Okay, wonderful. How long does something like that take to get set up? I'm sure that that's a question that, that people would have.
2: The CCM program takes about 20 days to, to 30 days and sometimes it's calendar days and sometimes it's business days. The program was revised for 2017 so it's just rolling back out now. There are a lot of providers who are learning about it. There are an awful lot of providers who are interested in it because there's an incentive to the provider um, to, to render these services. It helps them financially. It helps the community. So this is actually a program that Medicare put out there in 2013. didn't work quite right. They've got some changes going in now, and we're seeing a lot of support building for it. So I think you'll find that it's a fairly quick turn.
1: Okay. Is this something with, like, all the political changes that are going on right now that is in jeopardy, do you know? Or does it seem to be like it'll – I'm just – you know, if people are wondering how fast do they have to act with something Well, I'd like certainly this.
2: Not, wait, I'd not waste any time because support is valuable every day. You don't have it a day that you've lost an opportunity. But in terms of the program sticking around, if anything, we expect that the program will be will be fully will be further bolstered. Medicare, as, as you may be aware, has a strong focus right now on reducing hospital readmissions, mm-hmm. uh, and as part of the Affordable Care Act, was a program called the Redu- Hospital Readmission Reduction Act, which is something of a Washington tongue twister, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, The real goal, though, is let's keep them out of the hospital in the first place. Yep. And that's where programs like CCM come into play. And there's another program that your listeners may want to check into called TCM, or Transitional Care Management. If a loved one has had an incident where they need to go into the hospital for any reason or go into rehabilitation, even if it's hospitalization just for observation status, the TCM program affords a lot of the same supervision resources that the CCM program does, It's just a matter of asking for it and letting your service provider know that, hey, I've heard about this thing. I'd like to get enrolled. And um, it's pretty easy to get up and running. It helps the hospitals. It helps the care providers. It helps the families. So Medicare's interest is to reduce the higher expense events. That means keep you out of the hospital, Mm -hmm. Uh, reduce the recidivism. That means, you know, when we send you home, we want you to stay home. And the best care is always the proactive care. And that's why we think that these changes to the CCM program and the TCM program, which have now come online, will make a big difference. And frankly, they'll be protected. While there are some constituents who say, hey, can't that break the bank? Well, we've got 42 million people right now who are in that Medicare qualified community. That number is just going up. It'll be 50 million by the end of 2020, and we're told it'll be 70 million by the end of 2030. So the more money they can save up front by keeping people healthy earlier and and often, as, as my doctor says, the better off everybody is.
1: Okay, sounds good. Now, um, you know that memory care is kind of a new study area right now, and there's millions of, of people in the U.S. that have or are impacted um, by dementia. What do you see as the future, and um, what, what brings you to this community as a whole? Um, is it just the, the, the pure numbers, and, um, or is it more than that?
2: No, for me, it's a labor of love. Mm -hmm. I'm very blessed. We've got some wonderful people around us and some financial backers that that see where we're going and what we're looking to do. And they both see helping people and and for themselves being able to have good investments. In looking at the memory care space, we see people aging longer. They're staying home longer, which is both wonderful, but it's also, frankly, a bit of a tax. Uh, We're not used to having this number of people at home that need this kind of specialized care or this kind of support. So the more data we're able to collect, the better we're able to understand the disease states, the better we're able to understand what activities can take place in support of lessening the effect of the disease states. Uh, as one professional shared with me yesterday, he's a, a, a physician associated with the John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. He said, what we don't really pay attention to is that eating well and eating frequently are probably two of the biggest keys to good health,
0: mm-hmm. no
2: matter what your conditions are. So when we look at activities of daily living, we tend to think, well, did they have breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Mm -hmm. When we look at collecting information and being able to store it and look at it over time, what the professionals refer to as longitudinal studies, then we can get some real insights. And hopefully, not only for those who are supporting day-to-day, but also for those who are involved, the professionals involved in research and doing the scientific analysis and the medical analysis, they'll be able to get some insights as to what keys are to lessen the effects of the disease states perhaps retard the advancement of the disease, disease states, and perhaps with additional time and insight, you know, be able to, to turn some of those conditions back around.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, a very, very interesting. Um, can you share with us maybe a story or two of, um, I would imagine you've heard back from some of your clients, maybe one regarding the call and two regarding the the sensory technology that you, uh, that sure. you have?
2: Absolutely. We, we were very, very fortunate. We were introduced to a gentleman in the Washington DC area whose mother is 84 years old. She is a three-time cancer survivor. Um, she has congestive heart failure, she has high blood pressure, she is a diabetic, and she has a steel will to live independently. Um, she also has an adult daughter who is in the Long Island area of New York. And when we were going through the development of some of the software products, these folks were kind enough to to work with us. Over the course of about three months, we would get phone calls on a regular basis from the daughter saying, I don't know what's going on with mom. I don't know what's going on with the software. And with software development, you expect some changes. Mm -hmm. I asked her one day, I said, Sharon, I have a question for you. Are you concerned about the quality or the product of what we're producing that you're calling so frequently? She said, no, you don't understand. She said, this is my lifeline. I get up at 5.15 every morning to go work out. I work in New York City. I have a 90-minute commute each way. The very first thing I do is look to see what's going on with my mother because Mm -hmm. she's living alone, and I don't know how many times that week she's collapsed or she's been left on the floor. I call you because when something's not working or when I have a question or I want to make sure I'm understanding it, it's because this is the only insight I have into my mom. Mm -hmm. And as long as I have this and as long as she's doing okay, I don't have to go down and say, Mom, it's time to move you. Mm -hmm. and that's supporting somebody who I love so very much. Although my brother's in the area, he's not connected in the same way. So we're seeing examples where long-distance relationships are really, really supportive. There's another lady who is as sweet as can be. Her name is Marilyn. She's 82 years old. She has early stages of Alzheimer's. She is one of these people who just kind of didn't take care of herself through life. So she has high blood pressure, and she has diabetes. And the one thing that she's very, very good about doing is writing down her blood pressure and her sugar levels every single day. The problem was that there's written down numbers sitting in a little book that nobody ever saw. And one day we were over there visiting with her. Her one daughter is in the Baltimore area. Another one is in the Memphis, Tennessee area, I believe. And we said, how you doing? She said, I'm doing fine. And the, and the, the daughter said, well, mom, you're not taking your meds. We don't know that you're taking your meds. You're not pushing the button. There's a little Easy uh, Staples easy button that we have for her because she keeps her medication on her kitchen counter as opposed to in a medicine cabinet. She said, well, I'm taking them. I just sort of forget to take the button, push the button sometimes. And she said, but what's really important is that I take my blood pressure every day and I take my my glucose every day. And as we looked at what was going on with her, she shared it with us. We saw that her glucose levels were actually in a dangerous area, that the numbers were, were well above where they should have been. And the problem was nobody knew. By putting the call system in place, we have the ability to capture that information every day through the telephone and pass it along so that both daughters are finding out. And in turn, the daughters can reach out to mom or to the assisted living community that's next to where mom is and say, hey, can someone please check on her? We, we need to get some assistance.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and that's a nice balance between living close by or living far away, feeling the ability to be connected, to be involved, to be engaged, and to still respect the independence and the privacy of the of the senior
1: okay, okay well that those are are wonderful critical stories to to share with people. I can relate to the daughter just wanting that peace of mind and um, I, I know when I was in real estate, I would see people families struggle on that and and uh, a lot of times parents thought, oh, they're just trying to control, and I'm like it really isn't about control, it's about peace of mind, and it's about knowing you're okay and um you know where. What's really pushing this? and um and once I found that the uh, the person who they wanted to monitor or they wanted to move, once they understood, you know, it really was about safety, it was about comfort. It was about your kids getting sleep and not being anxious and not being worried. and um, they' did, I don't think they really sometimes understand the impact. Um, i don't think any of us really understand truly the impact we have on one another, and when we take the time to have the conversation of what it's really about, then it it lessens the burden and the threat of losing independence and I think it it shows um, this gained connection that we have with one another um that really truly is based out of love, and you know it's not it it isn't meant to be fear based it's meant to um, relax everybody and kind of keep the calm <laughs> in the family. It, it really does. Oh, it, it
2: really does. And, and I saw it in my own family. You know, this technology came to be for us because I watched, I watched my mother give her life away. Um, she stopped traveling. She stopped doing pretty much anything because her fear was that something was going to happen to her mother
0: mm-hmm.
2: and who was going to be there. Um, the questions that then come up is how do we support each the care give the person who needs the care and the one giving the care?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it, it's, it's a full ecosystem. and as, as a friend of mine is often equipped, no one gets out alive, so let's have a good time while we're here and be good to each other, be kind to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, but what we're learning is that information is power and power not so much in controlling but power along the lines of being able to maintain independence. Mm-hmm. Being able to p- maintain peace of mind, each for the person living alone, knowing that they're really not alone, but they're also not being you know, spied upon.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: for the family members and the caregivers who, who need to know that the one that they love is safe and doing okay, but also needs to have their own life. That's the one of the greatest challenges that we face today when we look at the sandwich generation.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it's, it's, it's a no-win situation. We're supporting those we love that are above us and those that we love that are below us in age.
1: Yep. Wonderful. Well, is there any additional information that you'd like to share with our with our audience today, Paul? I think these are both great services, and um, I would always encourage people to, to check them out. Um, and...
2: Absolutely. For, for, for those who are interested, feel free to give us a call directly. Uh, we can be reached seven days a week. The telephone number is 410-484-3883. That number again is 410-484-3883. We are working with Alzheimer's communities around the nation. This CCM program is brand new. If it's of interest to you and you haven't heard about it or it's not in your community, please reach out to us. We will be more than happy to join in the effort to connect people and service providers and and the organizations. Uh, The Alzheimer's organization in particular has now been unified. Um, they now have chapters as, as opposed to individual organizations. So we hope the messages will, will kind of speed through. And we will be providing some cross links each through our website, but also through our app uh, to the Alzheimer's organizations and to the memory care resources as they become available to us. Our, our mission is to help support people and support quality of life. So if there's anything we, you think we should know, please pass it along. We'd love to see it.
1: Wonderful, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and your dedication um, to to leaving you know work that you love to uh, to follow your passion and really make a difference in the world um, i I really uh I think that that is wonderful and i'd like to see more people taking those steps. <laughs>
2: So, well, I appreciate what, what your 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 kindness, but more importantly, that you have created this outreach. You know, the, the name of the game name of the game is blood connected, and then together we can accomplish so much more than anybody can do alone.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's all about collaboration, and I'm not looking at so much as, um, at each other as competitors, but just uh, additional services, because none of us can be that end all be all. You know, no matter where we are or if it's in a relationship or if it's product or service, I mean, it's it's just not going to happen, guys. So stop thinking it's going to and do what you do best and let others do what they do best and and raise everybody's voice. So that's what we're about here at Alzheimer's Speak. So I appreciate you being part of the show, Paul. And again, um, if you are interested, feel free to to give Paul a call. And if you want to give that number out one more time.
2: Certainly, it is 410 484
1: 3883. Again,
2: 410 484 3883. And the website address, I'll let you state that too. Certainly, www.sentinel, S E N T I N E L, aware, sentinelaware dot www.sentinelaware.com.
1: Great. Thank you again, Paul. You have a wonderful week. Um, For those of you who are new to the Alive and Social Network, you might want to check out What's for Dinner Tonight, uh, which is with Rachel Perrin, who is the Culinary Director for Kowalski's Markets uh, here in Minnesota. Um, She also has her sidekick, Adam Lee, who's her producer, and they talk with all kinds of uh, uh, foodtastic friends and colleagues, and they chat about favorite foods and seasonal flavors and Trending topics regarding nutrition, all things that are kind of yummy for your tummy. Their podcasts, I only average about 10 to 15 minutes per episode, so they're perfect when you're busy and yet hungry, trying to figure out what the heck you're going to put on those plates tonight. Um, or you can always go to Kowalski's.com for a full selection of menus as well. And Kowalski's is k o w a l s k i s dot com. Again, that's K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S dot com. Uh, I also want to just highlight some of the radio shows that we've done recently. We had the Dementia Raw training team on, and they talked about their unscripted, unconventional, and unapologetic ways for training. They use improv. And I'm kind of excited because they're in town here in Minnesota, and I'm going to go have dinner with those ladies tonight, so that'll be fun. We uh, talked with... uh, people who are doing some research regarding horse therapy. We had an author recently uh, talking about the gifts wrapped in Alzheimer's. We've had people talking about travel, um, you name it. Um, We have years of podcasts that you can listen to anytime you'd like. You can also check out com and access our Dementia Chats which are video interviews with people who have dementia. Our most recent one that we posted is about advocacy roles and duties and succession plans as dementia um, moves forward. Uh, if you are going to be in Indiana on February 13th, look me up. I'll be in Sherville, we're going to be doing a screening of the film His Neighbor Phil. I'll also be in Illinois in Mokina on the 14th, Valentine's Day, and I'll be in El Guaquin, um on the 15th. So I would love to be able to meet you. Those screenings are all free, so uh, please let me know. We're also in the process of... Um, Creating a Cruise, um, will be, which will be entitled Dementia, Learning to Shift from Crisis to Comfort, and it's going to be for people with early memory loss, their family, their friends, as well as professionals. And I'm, I'll give you more details on that as we roll that out, hopefully in the next week or so here. But um, it'll be a seven-day cruise to the Bahamas. So it'll be a lot of fun and a lot of great education um, and wonderful insights. In wrapping up, keep in mind uh, one of the tools that we share with you here at Alzheimer's Speaks is called Your Memory Chip. And you can find information on our YouTube channel on that, or you can go to um, become a member and access our tools and products, and it'll talk about shifting from being task-oriented to focusing on is the person with dementia safe, happy, and pain-free. Have a great week, everyone. Bye now